0: So I started this new book, and it, and it begins by breaking down the battle, taking you behind the s- scenes of Microsoft and Apple in their early days when they were first rushing to market the PC or the uh, the Macintosh and Steve Jobs versus Bill Gates. And the book is about reverse engineering, which may, <laughs> makes it sound way more sophisticated than it actually is. And I started thinking about, you know, this is actually – The secret of any success that I've ever achieved in my life, I I really could attribute a lot of it to this idea. And I want to take you back to my 20s when I first got this idea. Actually, probably late teens is when it first started, uh, came to my mind. And, and it led to the success that I experienced in the media business. And then I've done the exact same thing in the consulting business and coaching and doing this has totally propelled me forward. And I thought, you know what? I need to share this concept, this idea with people, because maybe you're not doing it. So let's talk about it in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill, I help build leaders and this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This is the Culture Hacks Podcast, I'm Russ Hill, thanks so much for listening to this and any other episode that you've ever tuned into. If you're brand new to the podcast and you find value in this episode, Just to tap on the subscribe or follow button in whatever podcast app you're using, and you'll get two new episodes every week. My job is to give you things to think about, to poke and prod, and share observations and experiences and ideas as I work. Um, well, I share them from a few different aspects of life, right? And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that a lot of what I share comes from coaching and consulting executives at some of the world's biggest companies that's what i've done for the better part of a decade traveled all over the world especially in a pre-covid world whether it's a uh, a restaurant chain or a healthcare company a hospital system an automobile manufacturer the world's biggest retail companies i have had and i do have The um, the, the great honor, the great privilege, the incredible opportunity to interact with leaders at some of these amazing companies. And I learn a ton. You know they're paying us to bring value and to 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 help them move forward. And at the same time, you can't help but learn from that. At the same time, so I share those ideas and observations in in these episodes, as well as my own experience as a dad, as a husband, as a a, a brother, a sibling, a, you know, pr- a, a person who's of faith. And whether you are or not doesn't really matter. Just I try to share aspects from all different. Uh, or stories and experience and observations from all different aspects of my life, hoping that they will um, cause you to think and uh, and help you. Ultimately, the goal for me is to help you be a more effective leader in whatever capacity that looks like at home, church, nonprofit, business, the biggest companies in the world, wherever you're leading or trying to lead. I hope to make you a better leader by getting you giving you some things to think about. Okay, so. In this episode, I want to talk about, I'm thinking about this because of this this book that I've just started reading, and it's about reverse engineering, and I'm not ready yet to recommend it. If, if the book stays as good throughout the chapters as it is right now in the very beginning of the book, then I will recommend it in in an upcoming episode. I'll, I'll share more details about it. But right now, a lot of, how many books have you read? Probably like I have too, where at the beginning, the introduction or the first chapter, you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then it just it just deflates like it goes to nothing you're like um oh my gosh that was one incredible concept or an amazing story at the beginning of the book and then there is nothing so we'll see if this book falls into that trap or if there's a lot of substance to it but it's about reverse engineering which sounds complicated it really is just breaking down how other people or other companies have achieved success and so there's there's uh, some interesting stories in the beginning of this book about Steve Jobs and and this meeting where he he demanded that Bill Gates come to Apple's campus after Bill Gates had, had made this appearance in New York City and kind of unveiled the first Windows machine. Um, this is back in the early eighties, right when the PC was just coming onto the scene and the first Macintosh was being invented. And it's a story that I've never heard before. And I've read a lot of books and listened to a lot of speeches and podcasts about Steve jobs and Bill Gates and whatever. And I've never heard the, the story before. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty compelling. And it's where they're both reverse engineering. They're both breaking down how each other is having success in in the early battles of Microsoft versus Apple. And both obviously have gone on to have phenomenal success, both companies and both men. Steve Jobs, um, when he was alive, led an incredible life. I mean, my gosh, Um, look at his accomplishments. And and Bill Gates certainly has as well. Um, Okay, so that book has gotten me thinking about. Um, how I actually in my life have done this, and I want to share with you a few examples of it. and I want you thinking about, do you do this? Because I think you probably do, but maybe you don't. and if you don't, man you've got to you've got to take advantage of this this, uh, technique because it will lead you to so much more success. And you probably, I think we all do it to some degree, just in, it's just an instinct of ours. We just naturally do it, but maybe you're not using this enough as a strategic uh, tool and a competitive advantage. So let me take you back to the early days of me in the media business. And I would, I wanted to anchor um eventually when i decided i was going to stay in radio and i was going to work in radio news for a while make my living as a broadcaster in the radio on, in the radio medium because there was some debate for me tv versus radio and, and maybe even print was i going to go into the newspaper business and so I, I made this decision at least for the time being to be in radio and my career was off to a good start um in that in that industry and i was in my late teens <laughs> right like I'm on the radio, I'm doing news broadcasts as an as an 18 year old. That's when I that was the age I was at when I covered the Los Angeles rights, the Rodney King verdict, which is a whole another episode and and a whole nother, another another story. But um, so my media career got started early, and I was young. And what I found myself doing was I would listen to the top of them keep in mind you all this is pre-cell phone pre i mean I'm, I'm gonna sound like a dinosaur here this is pre-internet this is pre um everything <laughs> really there were stone tablets and radios no not really but um but it, it was just a it was the, the it was a different time, I guess, is the point. And so radio and television were most people and newspapers were where most people got their news. There was no notification popping up on your cell phone, no news app, no podcast to listen to all that stuff. So um I would listen to the top of the hour newscast, which was like three minutes at the top of every hour, the beginning of every hour. Uh, most radio stations that had news broadcast would have a national news update from ABC News or CBS or whomever it might be. And they would do three or five minutes of news here. Here are the latest headlines. Here's what's happening in the world. And I would listen to those voices. You have to understand, as a young media broadcaster, you know, these were people I just idolized. And so I developed the habit of recording on a cassette tape the top of the hour newscast on various radio stations, and then I would transcribe them on a typewriter. Okay, I know this sounds so ancient. Um, back in the days of Walter Cronkite, this is what I would do in World War II. Not I'm exaggerating, but I would sit down, because this, we didn't have computers yet, right? And cassette tapes were our like newest technology. so um, I would record them and then I would type out every single word and I'd hit pause so I could catch up and type then I would then I'd hit play again and I'd r- r- let the next sentence or two play, and then I'd hit pause again and I'd type it. And the reason I was doing that is I wanted, I was dissecting what those people said how they wrote their sentences the verbs that they chose the the first few words in a newscast because you only had like two and a half seconds to capture somebody's attention right or they'd hit the button on the radio and go to the next station so i knew that these broadcasters were very intentional in the very first few words that they typed down in their newscast and so i i wanted to see it on paper so i was looking at their scripts i had the scripts of the newscast of the most um, successful broadcasters in our industry. And I would study them. I would just read through those. Keep in mind, like I'm late teens, early twenties, right after I served as a missionary for our church, I came back at the age of 21 and I started doing this again. And I was to the point of this book. I didn't call it this, but I was reverse engineering. How are they successful? What did they do that has gotten them to be hired by ABC News in New York or CBS and be able to do these top of the hour newscasts? And so I started writing like they wrote. I started speaking like they spoke. I started um, doing what they did. And that ultimately led me, you all, to a lot of success in the news business. It made me a really good writer. It made me a much better broadcaster because I was a student of the people who were having success. So instead of, um, instead of being bitter about how successful they were, or instead of, um, studying something that wasn't that appropriate, you know, that, that maybe reading some textbook on journalism, I was actually studying the people who were having success and, and dissecting what they did. And I could tell you, I could tell you in those days, oh, well, well, one of the things that they do is they write very short sentences and they pick a very action oriented verb and the, the sentences are not complex. They don't, are subject, verb, object, the verb is very strong. And their typical s- stories, each story is about 20 seconds long. So here's what's happening in the White House. Here's what's happening in Congress. Here's what's happening in this breaking news story. 20 seconds, strong verb, subject verb, object, short sentences. You don't care about any of that stuff. I'm just telling you these are the sorts of things that I wrote down. Oh, and I was able to tell you it's these four things that cause someone to be a very successful national news broadcaster. I was able to break that down. Okay, so fast forward that to consulting way fast forward to, you know, a decade ago or less. And I'm now traveling, hired by this consulting firm. I don't know how to be a consultant. I don't like whatever. Like, I I didn't feel up to the task, but this company uh, recruited and hired me. And so, okay, it's go time. And I'm the junior person on all these consulting teams. Right. But I'm sitting in the back of the room or I'm on the airplane or I'm in the meeting or I'm on the call and I'm reverse engineering Okay. These are the best people in our firm. they are our lead consultants. They work with the biggest companies, right? They've got these relationships. Well, what do they do? And I, I needed to get that down to a list of three or four things that they do really, really well. And so, oh, when they walk in a room, they do that. Oh, when they get on stage, they do this. Oh, when they're on the phone, this is how they start the call. And I'm breaking down, I'm studying, I'm a total student of the most successful people in our industry. And then guess what I'm doing? I'm defining it. So I'm getting it down to a list of three or four things. And then I'm duplicating it in my own way. Like I'm not carbon. in the news business. I was still Russ Hill. I was still me. Right. I was different than other people on the air, but I was I was finding what the, what these people did really successfully and doing it my own style or my own my own way, but incorporating what they did well. Does that make sense? And so it, it, in this book, it, it's got me thinking about that. That has led to so much of my success. I, I, I did an episode just a few episodes ago, right, about the conversation with the, the business owner in my driveway, And I'm having this long conversation with him. And after he's dropped me off from church, this neighbor of mine, and I'm asking him all kinds of questions about how he started this successful business in the, in in the Phoenix area. Well, why am I doing that? Because I want to know, I want to be able to identify two or three things that made him successful. I'm not asking him that I'm asking him to give me the narrative, the story, and then I'm listening. And in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm writing down, I'm capturing, oh, it was that. Oh, it was that those are the two things that he he just said caused him to be successful. Am I doing those things in my own way? Do I need to be doing those things? How does that relate to me? I'm doing this all the time. You all with parents, people who I think are great dads, people who I think are great citizens, like people of high character, people who I think are, um, are fit, like the um, wow, look how they're going to the gym and it's actually getting them results. Well, what are they doing that I'm not doing that I could be doing? right? So constantly looking at the people around me, um, what, what's making them successful and then reverse engineering it. So the takeaway, what I want you thinking about is how often are you doing this? How often are you, um, not just listening to studying the people who are successful in whatever way you want to define that, or you're interested in around you, but do you actually capture it? Like, do you have a note open on your phone? Do you you have a journal or a, a, a notebook that you're writing in and you're saying, oh, with that person, it's these three things and you can define it like it's very, you're very specific. Like for me in news, it was subject, verb, object. I mean, how much more specific can you get? Strong verb. Like I knew that it wasn't just that they had deep voices. It was, that's what other people thought. Oh, they did that. Or they're really good or they've got energy. No, it's more than that. It's actually the verb choice. Like that person, the way they structure their sentences is one of the reasons that they've been promoted to one of the top newscasters in the world. Other people didn't see that because they didn't take the time to transcribe the script. They aren't studying the word choice, newscast after newscast after newscast and looking at what's consistent. And so being a student and studying and being able to define, to narrow it down, to just two or three or four things that that person is doing that are leading to success, doing that is one of the things that has helped me achieve any success that I've ever achieved in my life is reverse engineering. Being around, studying, listening to, asking lots of questions to successful people in whatever way I'm defining that, at home, at church, in the community, at work, whatever it is, and then, and then narrowing it down to just a few things. So are you doing that? And if you aren't doing that, start, start doing it, get very specific. And so you might think about, well, where, who, who are you, who are you surrounding yourself with? Um, what are you trying to achieve? Where do you want to be successful? What matters to you most? And, and, and how much are you studying the people who are achieving success? That's the value of networking, of having conversations of putting yourself in and hiring consultants and coaches and being in mastermind groups or networking with other people or going to lunch with other people in the industry or whatever, whatever it might be. That's that's what leads to success. It gives you that opportunity to have conversations with them. And then don't just do that because some people network or they do the things that I just described, but they don't actually narrow it down or type up or specify the three or four or five things that are causing that person to have success. I have found a ton of value in that, uh, over my life uh, throughout my life. So, some things to think about. Okay. That's all for this episode. I hope you're healthy. Hope you're doing well. If you found value in this episode, tap on follow, subscribe. So you get two new episodes every week. We'll talk to you in the next episode.